Before we get started, a brief reminder that any and all opinions and views shared by hosts and guests on this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the views of Primal Kitchen or its affiliates or parent company. For weight loss, there is the train of thought of being a calorie deficit. True. But if you have underlying issues that you're not aware of, if you do have hormonal issues, calorie deficit is the worst thing for you and the worst thing for weight loss. You have to take care of your wellness first. Make sure you are well. Make sure you have the ability to move and get strong and then the weight loss comes. You can't start with weight loss being the core element because you'll probably end up taxing yourself. Hi friends, I have Mary here. We've known each other for a long just under 10 years? 10 years, yeah, yeah. I would say about that. Jeez, Louise. Um, and she is an old close friend and an epic human being, especially in the nutrition space. So we're going to talk today, it's a quick one, a lot about performance nutrition for athletes, yeah, actresses, high people performers. with high performers. Yeah. Okay, so what I want to know is how did you, I don't even know this, how did you even get into this, how doing did- this for this consulting? Chefing. Which, by the way, if I'm looking at my phone, I'm not being rude to Morgan. I'm actually texting with my athletes. Um, how did I get into performance nutrition? Uh, sick most of my life, made pain my normal, like just made peace with it. And then it wasn't um, until 25, one of my last ER visits for migraines, um, not wanting to get the IV of morphine yet again, which would give me a horrible hangover and anxiety with it just trying to get more into the details of like, can someone just explain to me what is happening with a migraine? Like what's the mechanism causing a migraine, which none of the doctors were equipped to answer that question. I feel like no one knows that. They were like, they still don't know that. They were like frustrated with my, my questioning. Yeah. And so I left the ER in a very dramatic fashion and decided to go on a quest of just understanding my body and my functions and sending out my own lab work. And what came back was that I had celiac disease, but also an intolerance to casein and soy. And here I am living my whole life, not knowing that these three things actually cause a lot of damage in my body. And by changing my diet over the course of a few months, everything that ever bothered me went away. And I, it's its own little fun story, which I'm going to be like, respectful of the time we have right now without going into the deeper, longer story. But I um, was asked by some colleagues, what are you doing differently with your diet? Cause you're not in pain anymore. You look great, et cetera, et cetera. At that time, the word paleo was becoming really popular. So it's easier to say, oh, I'm following a paleo diet than saying I'm not eating casein, soy and gluten. Yeah. Cause mind you back then there was no siete. There was no gluten-free pasta. Like I would go to the store and be like, oh my God, there's fucking this shit. Yeah. Everything. You have to make, yeah. Everything. Make I would be making homemade. my own yeah. fusilli and all that. So um, it was just easier to say paleo. And uh, I got asked by those people to uh, potentially do the cooking for them as well. And because the word paleo is becoming popular at the time, I bought personal paleo chef and paleo personal chef as a URL. And so if any athlete or entertainer was looking for a personal paleo chef, the word becoming popular, I was the one that popped up and they would think that they're hiring a private chef. And I would go in there and be like, I need your blood, your stool, your hair. They're like, Whoa, what is this? I go, this is personalized nutrition. This is designing what's going to work for you. And by virtue of being different and getting really detailed, those initial people that found me online turned into high ticket referrals. And so I'm very lucky that I only had to go lead genning for myself for maybe a month, two months, and then it turned into all inbound. And then you have 
entertainers and athletes and these CEOs all seeing return on that. And so then that's where it's just scrum. Yeah. Performance yeah. chef extraordinaire. Interesting. Has come from, but that's the start. I love it. And tell us, I know you, you have a pretty like confidential client list, but who have you worked with and like, what have you accomplished? Like, tell me some of your best success stories and how, what you like, yeah, I want to know how they got there. Uh, so I consultant, resident consulted at Nike, a couple of really big, big engagements for them. And so every, almost every athlete that falls under Nike hat is someone that I, I've interfaced with. Um, 2022 NBA champion with the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> I don't work with the Warriors, but I have a few players on the team. Um, actually, Andre Iguodala is just on my podcast, one of my clients. Um, more public about Kayvon Looney, a couple other ones are. I'm, I'm really, it's it's not always that I have an NDA. It's like, I don't really talk about my clients unless they talk about me first. Yeah. And what's interesting is that other clients pick up on that and they're like, she's really about her craft, not yeah. about our status. So yeah. I think that's why I get the kind of clients that I do. But other ones that are public are like Lupita Nyong'o prepared her for Black Panther 2 in a quiet place. Um, we went into detail about what performance nutrition did for her there. Um, worked with uh, Chicharito. He's a, a soccer player um, during one of his best seasons. So what are you actually doing? Are you cooking and putting all of it together? All of it. You're helping them get yeah. healthy. Like So the core lane is performance nutrition. So we run all the labs and the labs are being done with different doctors and specialists. We drill down into what do they need for nutrition on a micronutrient level? What do they need for nutrition on their off day, their on day, their active recovery day, days that they need to be more cognitively focused. Like it is everything they eat, they drink, they supplement is programmed with a team. And then I'm the one that's leading, actually facilitating that being executed. But then also depending on the client acting as their personal performance director, their personal wellness director of like, okay, we've got nutrition in place. How's your recovery? Do we need to put together a recovery program? All right. We need to get you an acupuncturist. Let me find the acupuncturist that wants to be part of this team and yeah. understand what we're doing. Do you need a therapist? Let's find that out. Because to me, all the pillars are connected and everyone needs to be on board. And I think by virtue of how I said during the hospital stay, I'm very curious and investigative. And so like, just run everything through Mary because she's going to ask the question I'm not, not yeah, think yeah, to ask. Absolutely. And I'm only going to let the best in their sphere. So I get in and am referred to as that core lane of nutrition, but I am looked to as a performance specialist because I'll pull in other people because I outside of what it is I know I excel at, I also know what I don't know and only want to investigate and find the best yeah. people to be a part of that. So that way our athletes or entertainer, they only have to focus on being an athlete or being an entertainer. Yeah. And that's it. Okay. Tell me about your diet philosophy. Paley you. Okay. I love that. <laughs> what works for me may not work for you. What works today may not work in six months. I'm heavy on lab work. Like just... I understand how you feel about this diet or that diet, or I, I understand this guru said carnivore is great, or this person's pushing the plant-based diet. Let's just look at what your labs say. And I think there's levels to it. So if you're someone who maybe hasn't had a traditionally healthy lifestyle, following a healthy diet in terms of you know less processed food, less sugars, cutting alcohol, sleeping better and moving, you are going to feel better. And if you want to take it one step further, let's do some comprehensive labs and see where your hormones at. Let's take it another step further and see where your nutrient levels are at. And you could do that once a year and be great. If you want to take it even further, it's now let's be more deliberate about how you're eating 
on days that you have big meetings or how you're eating on days so that give you're... me some examples of like how you would switch things up like specifics for performance or recovery or cognitive benefits for an everyday person or for an athlete because okay. it's different okay well for an everyday person uh an everyday person you don't have to get too complicated it's it's finding out what is going to support your activity level for the day. So if you are training more that day, if you're a really active person, you just want to make sure that you're fueling enough. I think most people undereat, not overeat because yeah, they're doing a restrictive diet. Like I, I I'll ask people, do you need coffee in the afternoon or did you just not eat enough and not drink enough water? Oh yeah. Like you're like, you think you're tired, but are you tired or are you just malnourished? Yeah. And are you getting a good spectrum of diversification in your diet? Cause I'm really big on getting your nutrients from food first and then supplementing only when you need to supplement. Yeah. That's why they're called supplements. And I'm a big person of, you probably need breakfast. Intermittent fasting is great. I intermittent fast sometimes, but I also don't do it all the time. It's based on how I feel. Um, intermittent fasting I have found is not ideal for women. So getting some protein in, in the morning, it's, it sounds almost redundant and reductive because as we've talked about before, how many more people do you need telling you to eat enough, eat diverse foods, sleep well, and move. And if you look at my diet personally, yeah, people are like, wow, you eat really clean. I go, I just eat whole foods. Like it's so interesting to me that that's the, like anytime I'm checking out at whole foods or the grocery store, the checker is always like, there's a lot of healthy stuff here. I'm like, it's just food. It's just like vegetables. It's just food. What we've been eating for. Yeah. It's not that complicated. So I, the foods I find that I enjoy for myself is I always have some sort of protein, whether it's salmon, sea bass, bison, I think chicken is stupid. <laughs> not a chicken lover no it's like protein but like what else am i getting out of yeah. it it's enjoyable but um not my go-to protein and then i love leafy greens so dandelion greens chard and uh collard greens are my leafy greens i don't really do well with cruciferous beets all day every day uh shiitake mushrooms hemp seeds uh avocado a day oh yeah Keeps the glow um and those foods on repeat look really work really well for me, but I also use a lot of different spices because again, there's micronutrients in spices and I don't try to overthink it. Everyone wants that prescriptive something and it's not that complicated. And maybe it's so not complicated that we haven't done a good job of just making it simple and straightforward. Unless it's shiny and like restrictive, people don't tend to listen. Well, and there's so many marketers like packaging up. Yeah these restrictive diets and selling them to yeah. us that I think people feel like if I don't, if I'm not on some thing I bought. If I'm not miserable, yeah, then I'm not seeing yeah, a difference. Like you don't have to suffer through it. So something that I do with my clients that someone might misconstrue as restrictive or detox, something I do that I put out also for Gen Pop is everybody goes through a gut reset phase and it is a restrictive week. And it's a restrictive week for the purpose of doing investigation. So I do a gut reset because before you come on as a client, I don't know what your diet and lifestyle is like. And I don't know how you, how you respond to certain foods. I don't know how you respond to essentially like letting your system do what it needs to do. So it's three days of a very specific bone broth recipe and you put olive oil in it. You can have as much as you want. And then the next four days are repeating foods. So it's still fasting mimicking, um, but it's nutrient dense foods like liver, big big promoter of liver. Yeah. 
liver king, please go away and stop yeah. making my life so difficult. Yeah. Um, to me, that's like a, a really great multivitamin. It's not going to get you jacked for yeah. the record, but it's a really great multivitamin. The steroids will. <laughs> they sure will. <laughs> um, and so it's got liver, hemp seeds, avocado, salmon, uh, Japanese yams, but they're all coursed out in a certain way. And during that week, you're supposed to document how you feel every day, how you slept, what your stool is like, how you feel, how you respond to these foods. So you start to learn about your body. And then after that week, you start to introduce, uh, reintroduce food groups. And what I have found is people will lose anywhere from five to 15 pounds in a week. And that's where I tell them, you're not losing weight. You, you having an inflammatory response and it reduce the inflammation and the more inflammation you, you lose, this is a case to say like, Hey, there's something else going on in your lifestyle that wasn't working. Yeah. And so after we do that week, then we run labs. I'm like, okay, now that we've sort of gotten buy-in, there's a psychological aspect to it. You've gotten buy-in. You see what it's like having a diet that's really clean and really particular for a week. Let's do labs and then see how to dial your nutrition for your own health moving forward. And my clients and I will, will revisit this after long bouts of travel or after the holidays, essentially just reset. And it's not reset doing juices for seven days. It's doing like nutrient dense foods and yeah. then going back into their normal programming. And I really want people to understand how their body responds to food and then to understand maybe you don't need to know every little detail of like, if you're an, if you're an athlete, no, I don't need you to worry about, are you hydrating seven days before the game? And are we doing um, altitude adjustment? Are we getting our saffron in for six days before we go to altitude? All that stuff. But if you happen to know saffron helps with the blood flow in your body and you happen to know that saffron helps with mood, then as an everyday person, you're like, I want to make saffron tea because it's going to help bring oxygen to my brain. And it's going to help elevate my mood. You you just know this. Or you're like avocado. I know, I know it's saffron. for, oh yeah. Saffron to me is an unsung hero. Really? I know it's a super expensive spice. Little goes a long way. Saffron it, tea. I've never even heard of that. I can just buy that somewhere. You can also just buy the saffron leaves or the saffron flowers and just put that. Uh, there's a, I forget where it comes from, but there's a story about how these nuns were using a lot of saffron and discovered to put them in a good mood and the church banned them from Stop using it, it anymore because they thought they were getting high. Stop. Isn't <laughs> that wild? God. Okay. Church. <laughs> Or uh, nuns. Okay. So just knowing the impact of foods and like, to me, all these spices are normal. Cause I grew up in uh, an Egyptian home. Spice rack is bussin. Yeah. But there's also something to be said about all the nutrient density and all these different foods I grew up with. So to me, it's a staple to other people who are like, Oh, you have such exotic spices. And I'm like, it's just what you're used to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but what I, are some other little tips like the saffron tea and the elevation? Uh, like if I'm going on a ski trip, I should be drinking saffron tea. It helps with the altitude adjustment. Getting there. Yeah. Beet juice. I would do, oh, beet juice. I would okay. do four to six ounces of beet juice for a week leading up to it. And I would throw saffron in that cordyceps also helps with that. So you would do that leading up to it. And then you would maintain that when you're there, you would limit sugar, alcohol, eat avocado and continue that. And it will help with your adjustment there. Interesting. Okay. What other things, what other hacks like that? What, what okay, immune system? immune black seed oil. Yeah. You know, I'm going to talk about that nauseum. So when it comes to immune system, uh, first off, what are you doing? Right. What are you purposely not including in your diet that helps strengthen your immune system? So getting a good sleep, making sure you're not drinking every single day, eating like nutritionally dense foods. But if you want to support even further black human seed oil, nigella sativa, 
In ancient Egypt, but it was known to cure everything but death. I love that. <laughs> Which is not true. You've been a fan of this forever. Since like, I was a child. It's a yeah, part of okay, my culture. Yeah. Like we we um, preserve lemons, stuffing it with black seeds. It goes into our salads and the oil in there has a compound called thioquinone. thioquinone. And it's a uh, really powerful anti-inflammatory. People can replace or have replaced their arthritis medication with black seed oil. And it's an antiviral antibacterial, great against SIBU. Like it has all these other uses for it. It's been studied. It's been in double blind studies. I'm over here thinking I'm an idiot savant, like, whoa, this is so cool. So what I tend to do in my practice is I'm leveraging the different spices and the different herbs and the micronutrients that I know are helpful. And then noticing this empirical like evidence, like this is so interesting. This is happening among clients, even though I, I, I believe it to be so. And then I'm like, let's go reverse engineer why this is happening. And then I find out these things. I'm like, great, this is staying in the repertoire. This is now becoming like a standard in the eat, play, crush, whatever protocol. So black seed oil, big fan of that. And then things that people overlook with their immune system is, are you getting enough vitamin D? Are you getting enough zinc? Are you getting enough lysine? L-lysine is known as the amino acid for cold sores. Well, why do you get a cold sore? Because your immune system is down. So why are you getting taking L-lysine to help mitigate the L-arginine, but also to strengthen your immune system? So when we're traveling with our athletes or entertainers, we're upping our L-lysine dose too to help with their immune system. I'm obsessed with monolaurin. Have you heard of monolaurin? No. It's like does the same thing as L-lysine, but like I, you know, three kids under five, Adam will get sick. Like I've had, I am notoriously the one that like everyone goes down, like I'm going down and Adam used to be like the one who would never get anything. And yeah. now the last few times, like Adam had the flu. I took care of the whole family. Never got sick. I take six pills of monolore yeah. like three in the morning, three at night. It's derived from coconut, but it's like a natural antiviral. It's a vi- an antiviral. Like if okay. there's a virus going through yeah. your house, I don't know. I swear by this monolore and you got to look it up. I will look it up. Yeah. I'll be really curious. But I feel like similar people use L-lysine in like a similar way, yeah. but you should look up monolore and I, I swear by that. I mean, it's the only supplement that like I go through and reorder yeah. frequently, frequently. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, have you done more digging or you're just like, I'm a believer? I'm a believer. I, I don't know what data there is. I heard about yeah. it from like a functional medicine doctor yeah. in Santa Monica yeah. who like is functional medicine doctor to the stars. And it yeah. was like his favorite cold and flu treatment. And I've like, yeah. you know, you take all these things, you hear them, but you're mm-hmm. like, what actually like works that one? Yeah. That's my, that's my one for you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank anyway. you. <laughs> okay. And I mean, zinc and vitamins, like zinc, you can test easily in blood work and vitamin D. I mean, I feel like that's such a, people miss that one. I That's what blows my mind is. I guess unless you are a socially awkward, pale, pasty biohacker saying, taking it, nobody takes it seriously. Like say it's just, we tend to overlook things until a certain guru says something and then we'll pay attention to it. Yeah. So like people were over here concerned about the silliest of things. And I'm like, have you just started eating better? Yeah. Like we're majoring in the minors. hundred percent. A lot of majoring in the minors. When people ask me those questions in the AMAs, it's hard for me not to eye roll. And I don't mean to be condescending when I yeah. eye roll, but I'm like, you're asking about the most obscure supplement. Did you go drinking last night? Yeah. Like, no, I hear you. I think there's a lot of major, it's a lot, it's easy to get like swept up in these little like buzzy things. Yeah. I think people waste a lot of money on supplements without fixing something else. Like you're, you're wasting so much money. There is, um, I'm spacing on who said this. I'll try to remember it. Maybe if you have Shona to include it. But this uh, functional naturopath said America has the most expensive urine. 
Oh, that's good. I learned. Maggie, Maggie said it. I learned just from like, I mean, we consume 50% of the world's supplement consumption in in North America. And we're the most unhealthy. I mean, the supplement market. Like if you were going to go launch a supplement company, they would be like, what's your North America volume? Like they don't (laughs) care about selling supplements to other countries because we buy so many of them. But there are some interesting studies. Like Rhonda Patrick just had one study that was like multivitamin prevents dementia by like whatever reduces your risk of dementia by 20 percent or something like that don't quote me on this but there's some sure. you know i don't know so so multivitamin, junkie. yeah so there's multivitamins which i i think are great for a lot of people because they're not eating yeah. really great um and then there's things like those powders that have like a hundred different micro- yeah i hate those i yeah, actually hate I agree. those because one one person's uh superfood can be another person's kryptonite yeah. and if you don't know what's happening in your body like a multivitamin is a catch-all. These ones that have 80 different ingredients are trying to be a catch-all, but they're doing too much. And it could be at the detriment if you don't know what's going on with your blood work. Yeah. And I think, I think something a lot of people forget is when you go to a doctor, they work for you. If your doctor doesn't want to run the labs for you, please fire them and find a new doctor. It's, I know it's exhausting to like go through, like I got to find another doctor, but once you find the right doctor. Makes a big difference. It's for life. I know. I know. I, I, there's a definite power dynamic with doctors and a fear of like asking for what you want and you go in there like with your tail between your legs and you're just nervous and yeah, you're, you, you're the lead in there. You I, go in there and you're like, there, this is what's going on. Customer. Yeah. I work for you. I'm with you. Um, okay. What other like foods are your favorite for specific things? We talked about immunity. We talked about altitude. Mm-hmm. What about like, yeah. So obviously what do you want to know about? I'm curious, like weight loss. For foods, because yeah, no one like, food is going to make you lose. I know. Do you have any like? Are you uh, prescribing to this? Like, I feel like protein's really having a moment right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, really, like, yeah, it's it, really making a comeback. Yeah. This is my opinion, and you tell me what you think yeah. about this. But like, everyone is wearing the '90s jeans, yes, and they're wearing the '90s shoes, and we're wearing like the '90s crop tops, yeah. And also, we are taking the 90s supplements. Like, creatine yeah. is what the football team took when I was in high school to in blow the 90s. Up. To blow up. And now I'm putting creatine in my coffee in the morning. Like, yeah. it has neurological benefits. Yeah. I feel like these things that are just like, creatine's really well studied. I mean, yeah, whey protein 100%. is really, really well studied. I don't like whey protein. I know. You have a dairy thing. Yeah. But like- None of my athletes use it during the season. What do they use? Beef isolate. Yes. Here's the thing. I agree. I, a protein that's what I powder is a supplement. You should be getting your primary protein source from the food you eat and we supplement as needed. So if you're having a, a beef isolate protein on your supplemental smoothie, who cares? Fine. It's great. Yeah. But for the most part, you're prioritizing real meat. Yeah. 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 I agree. I don't know any athlete that is performing at a high level as a vegan. They might say they are. And I know factually yeah. they're not. I've had, I've heard athletes who are plant-based athletes say, I'm just, I'm just vegan for the camera. You are are doing us a disservice. I know. But yeah, protein's having a moment. Um, And then everyone will just regurgitate them. Make sure you get enough protein. Yes, get adequate protein. It is a a great thing to have on your plate, but it's not the only thing you should have on your plate. Like if I am going to eat food, the way I eat food is I eat my leafy greens or my salad first, and it has some sort of homemade citrus or vinaigrette. Then I go into my protein. Then I go into my carbs because- that is just the way I was taught to eat my meal. It's the way we yeah. cor- it's the way we've coursed meals since the dawn of time. Yeah. And then everyone went keto and then just carnivore and then plant-based. And here we are all the way back to 
eat a balanced diet, have your yeah. salad first, have your protein, Remember have your carbs. Remember like jerf was trending, just yes. eat real food. Yes. I kind of like wish that took off more. Sean Cruxton. Yeah. I just yeah. feel like that's just like, we've really overcomplicated this thing. Like I, it's not that hard. I said the other day in a post and uh, my friend was like, you got to put that on like the podcast sweater or something, which is like, welcome to the unreasonably reasonable corner of the internet. Yeah. If you don't wake up at 4am and say all your biohacking hymns, you're not a failure. Like no, it's okay. Like morning routines. I'm like, these people definitely don't have a job or kids. Like I wake or up or a personality, I, like do a sound bath. I meditate for 45 minutes and then I have my lemon water and then I have my, this concoction. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Sometimes I wake up and it's straight to my phone because I'm all, I know screen time in the morning, a taboo, Yeah, but it's like, I have clients in different time zones. Like yeah. if I have clients who are at an away game in New York city, I got to get to the hotel yeah. before they wake up and like, make sure we got all the meals figured yeah. out. I got clients in the UK. I'll be waking up at odd hours of the night to like have a call or when I had to I had to fly. I had 36 hours notice to be in the UK to cook a month's worth of food in four days in the middle of the NBA season. So I flew to the UK already disoriented, making these meals, then getting up at three o'clock in the morning in the UK to watch my athletes play and be able to text with them about how they're feeling and what they're going to do for meals. That would make a morning routine person like, like, oh, error 404. Like, where's the adaptability? Where's the yeah. metabolic flexibility? Like, yeah, have your habits that you stack upon, but also have the ability to like pivot when needed. And then don't make, don't feel like a failure. And definitely don't go on social media and make other people feel like they're failing because they're yeah. not doing it right. But for weight loss, there is the the train of thought of it, you know, being a calorie deficit. True. But if you have underlying issues that you're not aware of, if you do have hormonal issues, if you have an autoimmune issue, if you have a nervous system issue, calorie deficit is the worst thing for you and the worst thing for weight loss. Like you have to take care of your wellness first. Make sure you are well. Make sure you have the ability to move and get strong. And then the weight loss comes. You can't start with weight loss being the core element because you'll probably end up taxing yourself. Yeah. And then weight loss for whom? Is it for yourself? Is it for health issues? Is it for aesthetic issues? Yeah. So there's all those different elements. And I know that sometimes people don't like the response. It depends, but it, it, really it does, does depend. Yeah. And I won't be the person to help you with that. What about like hormones as we're getting older? Do you do anything with diet for that or your Yeah. yeah. A lot of stuff with hormones. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Woke up at 39. I'm like, whoa. Can't believe all that. Hard. Those <laughs> hormones are hitting hard as we get into our 40s here. But it's it's still the same thing of like, we got to see your specific hormones and what's going on there. And it becomes imperative as you get older to prioritize protein 100%. Yeah. It becomes imperative to limit alcohol, to limit sugars. Um, liver is a catch-all. That to me is a multivitamin in yeah. itself. And, uh, sometimes checking also taking a step further and doing gene mutations, checking for gene mutations. Yeah. Are you, are, are you having a hormonal imbalance? Or are you having a conversion imbalance? And you might need something intravenously that you will never get from food because of your, your specific makeup. Yeah. And I like the idea that these labs and testing facilities are becoming more commonly spoken about and therefore becoming more accessible because these conversations I never heard of 10 years ago. Uh, yeah. No, there's a lot more you can do now. Yeah. Gut health was so fringe and still is kind of fringe in the sports world. It's becoming more popular as more prominent players are more open about how much money and time they spend into their nutrition. But it still is like when I talk about gut health and more advanced testing, I get the heavy eye roll and I'm like, cool, cool, cool. If you're not my client, but these guys are. So we're going to take care of this. 
I know it's all paley you and like personalized, but are there like three things you feel like are ubiquitous that you do for all your high performance athletes? Um, as far as like specific foods, cause yeah, I will like, say this, like everyone's different, but guess what they all have in common? They eat whole foods. Yeah. They okay. limit, um, well in season, no gluten, no dairy, no soy. Some clients are completely grain-free during the season. It's just helping with their joints and longevity. Yes. It is basically they're following an AIP diet. Like I, instead of making pasta sauce with tomatoes, I'll make them like a red pepper, a roasted red pepper sauce. So we go AIP in the season because we're and trying for to- And for people listening who don't know, tell them oh, what AIP is. Autoimmune protocol. Yeah. So really low inflammatory foods, which I get can sound boring if you look at it on, on the list. Like, oh crap, all these foods you can't have. You can be very creative with it. It just takes more time. So in season, all athletes are pretty paleo. Some of them will get- But I mean, um, auto, the AIP protocol is like, you know, garlic, right? I will do cooked garlic, not raw garlic. Okay. So I'll, I'll, it's autoimmune protocol, like adjacent, but Got I do it. try okay. to remove as many inflammatory. But no nightshades, no eggplant, right? No eggplant. Um, we will do things like tomatoes. Uh, if on off days, we won't do them leading up to a game. Um, we definitely won't do them before a game. There's the same meals, a lot of consistency. What do you do before a game? Depends on the athlete. Um, uh, there's one athlete who loves jerk chicken. And so I'm not going to take away their joy. And I just prepare it a certain way where they get their plantains, quinoa for them, black beans and the chicken. And that's an earlier in the day meal. Like if there's an early game, we won't do a traditional breakfast. We'll do a more hearty breakfast. Another athlete is more uh, general with it. Salmon, quinoa, and uh, the other thing that's really important before games or day of games is all the food is either shredded or really mushy because I want to optimize digestion. Got it. You don't want them wasting energy digesting food. Yes. Like we're trying to get, we're trying to get as much of that work done for them beforehand. Um, And then every client has their own custom pre-workout game drink and it's not caffeine focused. It's cognitive function focused. We've got lion's mane and beets and saffron and I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that has athletes drinking liver before a game. I love it. Yeah. Like raw liver? Uh, desiccated put in their, oh, in their, okay. in their drinks. It's always fun when you have an, what I love about working with athletes specifically is they're so aware of their body. Yeah. So they notice any little yeah, difference. Totally. And so they, they buy into nutrition and then in game, they'll notice a difference. They're like, I think this really worked. Yeah. Like I remember there was one athlete in the middle of the match said to me afterwards is like, in the middle of the dribbling, I could feel, I could see the, the other people around me. I could feel myself what I'm going to, he was like, I, I thought to myself, whatever Mary gave me, like I'm really locked yeah. in. And I had another athlete who I gave, I won't give you the drink right away. We'll work up to a drink. And I, I was like, Hey, this drink's really going to help with focus today. And, and this is how I want you to take it. And this is a player who generally is not someone who closes out a game. And it was just in a great position. And I'll have it forever etched in my mind where it's like the announcer is like, Looney, no, Looney, no, Looney, yes, Looney, yes. Uh, and like yeah. everyone's freaking out. We win the game and I get a text right after the game of a picture of the drink. And it's like, I think this helped me. Yeah. And what I love to show athletes is like, it's not magic on my end. I'm just listening to your chemistry and actually showing you your potential. Yeah. Like you have no idea how great you can be when we remove 
any variable of noise and optimize for the best case scenario. And I like to use athletes as the aspirational buy-in for gen pop to then be like, Hey, I know I can't have everyone as a client, but you can pay attention to what I'm sharing and doing and implement that for yourself. Okay. What are your top three favorite meals that you make? You know, the saying the painter's house gets painted last. Okay. Make for other people. Cause I love scrambled eggs. Cause it's easy. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. Um, because it's so personalized. There's not top three. Like my client that loved jerk chicken, I'm always going to make him jerk chicken. I have another client. Some other recipes anywhere. They want me to do a cookbook. They being my agency. Didn't you have some online? I have the gut reset that has some recipes on the, on the back end. There's two websites, eplaycrush.com and paleochef.com with recipes. Uh, I mean, I've been flown out for the shepherd's pie. Tim Ferriss even said it would be his last meal. He said it in an interview. What would your last meal be? He said a caribou shepherd's pie. And I'm like, I made that. That's mine. So dope. Um, I've been flown, like I said, to Chicago just to make a shepherd's pie and be sent back home. I'm like, this is not with somebody else. I was like, this is a really expensive shepherd's pie, you guys. Super expensive, yeah. Um, My pomegranate pork belly people really enjoy. And this Mm -hmm. is going more into like enjoyment rather than just Yeah, that's what I want to know. I kind of want to know enjoyment. Uh, the uh people love the granola it's a baklava granola as a snack my spanakopita which my mother's recipe so i feel like that's gonna crush every single yeah, time i love it um chorizo chili bison yeah. chili oh you guys posted the bison chili on primal kitchen a long time ago i love it yeah that was you made one for me and adam just like at our house sweet potatoes was stuffed with like tuna salad oh, and we like right, chopped, the tahini tuna yeah and we chopped like i don't know we even put like spinach or something in there yeah. and they, it was like mediterranean like we didn't i don't even think we use mayonnaise it's no like it's tahini we, it's yeah and olive oil yeah. and like adam still asks yeah. for that he's still like wow that was really good Can yeah i don't like mayonnaise i'm oh, sorry yeah i know it's okay <laughs> it's a polarizing <laughs> food it's a polarizing food but um that's so funny that we did that too because wasn't I like formulating? We were messing around and trying. Yeah. To like, remember that time you guys asked to do formulas and I think I busted out like 12 formulas in a week and we were at Mark's house like yeah. tasting all of it. That was fun. I know. Those were the good old days. Yeah. Those, that was yeah. a lot of fun. I was kind of sad because some of my favorite ones didn't make the cut. I know. The umami one was like killer. Yeah. We had like early on, it was hard. Like when you're launching, I feel like Choosing one is ideal. Well, it's also hard to go esoteric. Like you almost need to be just like disrupting ranch dressing and not disrupting like the, you know, 26th best-selling flavor skew that no one's going to eat a big market. I get When you're brown, I was like umami Mediterranean. I know. I know. That was a good, that was good. Like business advice I got earlier. Yeah. You're already disruptive enough having avocado oil in your mayonnaise. Right. Don't make it. Right. Don't overcomplicate it. But anyway, I mean, personally, I would love to have that skew exist, but it wasn't, didn't make sense from a business perspective at the time. But okay, <laughs> um, we're running out of time here. So I have to ask my last question that I ask everyone, but oh, what's wow. something most people don't know about you? Oof. I was a hand model <laughs> for one day for an Al Gore app that really? sold. Yeah. I, um, the big joke among my friends is I love my hands. I think I have like beautiful hands. I love them. I always want them to like look a certain way. My nails would be filed a certain way. Yeah. So the whole joke was I should be a hand model. And then my friend who worked in advertising in San Francisco calls me frantically one day and she's like, please tell me you're working from home today. I'm like, yeah, what do you need? What's going on? She's like, our hand model just dipped. 
it's time. I'm like, oh my God, I'll be right there. So I get there and it was for an app. So it's video stuff. And I'm there like giddy because this is funny. I have to also remember that people take this serious. It's a job. Yeah. So I'm in and I'm doing, I'm, you have to sit in a certain way where it's uncomfortable off camera, to but on camera to get the right. shot. Okay. And then I, I get, they center me in the shot. It's no different than like suddenly centering you in a video shot. Yeah. So they're centering my hands. I go, okay, but now we want you to open this app and just sort of hold. So I go like this and they go, oh, can you do that again? Stop. And I'm trying not to bust yeah. up laughing. I look up at Brooke and she's like, She's like shaking, like, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh. Pull it together. Pretend we <laughs> found you. We like go through a bunch of different iterations and like, okay, wait, wait, wait. We like how your leg is angled. Let's get your leg in there too. So I did a bunch of different variations for it and I got a legitimate like check for it. Yeah, and crazy. I was a hand model. Like in Seinfeld. Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. And so it was so funny. They're like, you, you need to get like a, not headshots, but whatever it is for your hand. Like you yeah, can go take this shot. seriously. Yeah. I find out that hand models can make $70,000 a year, which is not a little amount of money just oh, to do that stuff. Yeah. But you have to get your hands insured. You have to wear gloves, like all these things to protect the asset. Got it. I was like, yeah. I could never do that. Yeah. And, um, but I took the check that I got and I just took all my friends out for drinks. Cause it was ridiculous. We had a little like event, like we're going to come and we're going to spend this check on drinks. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. We're celebrating yeah. this moment. I love so it. I like to say I was once a hand model. It's amazing. Okay. You told us a little bit about where we can find you, but find give everyone info for where they can find out more. Yeah. Pale- again. Paleo chef on uh, Instagram, Twitter, refuse to call it anything else. Um, and on all platforms outside of that eat, play, crush, Dot com is my performance agency site. So you can find the gut reset. And then the podcast is called Eat Play Crush. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Mary. Thank this you. Great. 